Welcome back to Amid Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Masech, this Megillah Yud, Amid Beis, as we continue to learn in the merit of the hostages and the soldiers. Today we are going to discuss a little bit more about the um, the case of Kitshi Lashaitiv, Kitsh Lasud Lavo. When Yerushalayim was sanctified and consecrated, did that sanctification last forever, or once Yerushalayim was destroyed, did the sanctification go and they had to re-sanctify, re-consecrate Yerushalayim? We left off yesterday saying Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yosi, holds that low kitsch lesson level. It did not last. And we said there's going to be a contradiction, which we'll see today, which going to say that seemingly he thought it would last. And really what the Gemara is trying to uh, establish is that this is a machlokist tanayim, that there are tanayim that argue. Some say it did last, some say it didn't last. After that, we're going to then begin with a, a number of dafin of Haggadatah, which are actually a lot of fun, because these Haggadatahs, um, a lot of them deal with the perm story, and a lot of the midrashim we probably know that flesh out and fill in details in the perm story come, in fact, from these gemaras. So it's actually going to be, again, a great preparation. And there's some other things sprinkled in as well. Today, actually, it's primarily not going to be about the Megillah story, but there's going to be uh, a, lot of, a lot of interesting things going on. Uh, so let's begin. Or in Midrash. We're all the way down at the bottom of the third, fourth line from the bottom on Yudam and Aleph. Or in Could it really be that Rishmael Bar Yossi says, that once uh, it was sanctified, it lost its sanctity once Yerushalayim was destroyed. Uh, Remember yesterday we mentioned that Erech and the Gemara lists in uh, three walled cities that were walled in times of Yeshua, but no, in, in reference to what's considered Bati Arechoma, a city that's uh, walled in, in terms of returning it after a year, etc. Remember what the Pasuk tells us, Shishim Argov. There were 60 cities, talking about um, when Moshe and the Jewish people conquered it, the, in the place of Argov. So there's 60 cities. It says all these cities were fortified with high walls. So why then did the sages only list these in the Mishnah Erech and leave out the other 60? Because when they they returned from, to Israel after the Gullus, they clearly resanctified them. Again, right now we are, right now, we sanctify them. So right now, we're actually springing support. We're lending support to Rishma Bar Yossi, who says that the sanctification goes away and that it had been nullified. Here's where we turn. Really? Now, upon their return, they sanctified it? But they said in the Brisa, there was no need to sanctify them. We said at the end of the Brisa that there was no need to sanctify them because the initial sanctification didn't cease. Rather, Elamotsu's Elu Umanim. Rather, it says they found these cities, and they then said, these are these fallen cities we found, there's no need to sanctify them because they always had the sanctity. They didn't lose the sanctity. Not only these, any city which you have a tradition from your ancestors, that was surrounded by a wall from the time of Yeshua B'nun, then the mitzvot pertaining to wall cities apply to the cities. Because initial sanctification lasts, for t- from now and forevermore. So now what we did was we have one brisa where we have Rabbi, uh, we have Bishmol Bar Rabbi Yossi saying that the sanctification is nullified, and this brisa is saying actually from the fact we're listing these cities is because we're trying to say the precise opposite. These cities don't need to be resanctified, and not only that, these cities don't need to be resanctified, but really any city which you have a tradition was surrounded doesn't need to be sanctified because the sanctification lasts. So now we have a problem. Kush to be small, to be small. We have a problem with Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yossi, and Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yossi. They contradict each other. Says the Gemara, no, trade tanali with Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yossi. Either we have two Tanaim who argued what was Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yossi's opinion, meaning sometimes you don't know, he was he was much earlier, and two Tanaim are saying, one said he said this, one said he said that. 
Alternatively, you say that it wasn't Rabbi Eli, it wasn't Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yosi, but it was Rabbi Elazar Bar Yosi, and the mistake was in the quotation who we're quoting from. The tiny, in fact, we have a Bryce which supports this. Rabbi Elazar Bar Yosi Omer, son of Rabbi Yosi, says Asher Lo Choma. It says that has not a wall. This pasuk, what's it referring to? That has not a wall. Says the says the says the uh, Bryce, uh, the Bryce, uh, even though it does not have a wall now, but it previously had a wall, that is enough to say that the initial application lasts and it did not go away. Okay, so what we prove now is that there is actually a machlokus tanaim about this, and we're going to leave it at that. Let's begin some wonderful about it, though. Or, and it was the days of Achashverosh, Rabbi Levi, Vitimur, Rabbi Yochanan. So, Rabbi Levi or Rabbi Yochanan, depending on who said, Tradition from the great members of the Great Assembly, the men of the Great Assembly. Anytime it says uh, it's an illusion, or we're intimating that there is pain going on. It's, it's, it's a painful narrative. Things aren't going so well. As we know, Haman was around. It says in getting a shoftim, and it was it was in the days of judges. There was a famine. That's we know. That's the context. But he kichel adam the rav, and it was when men began to increase upon the earth. And the context is, "Vayarashem ki rabbis rav adam." God saw the weakness of man. Furthermore, but he bin saam kodem. It was when they journeyed from the east, where we learned having nivna lanu ear. It said, "Let us build a city." Okay, and this was a city of idolaters. This is in in Horatius. Uh, okay. But he may have ruffled his days on Raphael, and it says this is going to again. It's also voracious. This is talking about the um the wars. Also, Milchama they waged a war, but he may have shown another Yericho. But Joshua got the Yericho. The harbor shul for Yadav with a sword drawn in his hands. You see again, it's a time of war. But he Hashem as Yeshua, and God was with Yeshua. By Moab and Israel, the Jewish people transgressed. Be Yish Echad Ramosayim was there was a certain man from Ramosayim, and the next verse is he has Chana Ohev by Hashem Sugarachma. And Chana was love, but Hashem closed her womb. Again, things aren't so good. By he, Kashir Zokin, Shmuel wasn't Shmuel and old. And father, his kids did not follow his ways. For he, David, called her off masculine. And it was when David succeeded in all his ways. And it says, He sure, Eino is David. And Shaul, I, David. Be Kish Yosha Mel, but based on what David sat in his house and says, Rak Ata Lotiv Nebias, you should not build your house. God said him, You're not building a temple. Again, what we've proven here is numerous times throughout Tanakh. Where it says vayihi, and it's followed or qualified, or the context is uh, times that are painful. The Gemara is not going to say is that really true. Hakasev hebi mashmin. It says um, it was on the eighth day. It was on the eighth day. This is talking about on the, the day that they were they were dedicating the temple, the base of the Mishkan. Vatani. It says osayom has a simchah of nekadosh baruch on that day. There was great gladness and happiness before Hashem. Because as if they created the day that God created heaven and earth, because we created his mini home or his home in this, this world. Furthermore, it says it wasn't that eighth day. It was written elsewhere, and it was evening, and it was more than one day. Again, this is proof, this proves the fact from the word Vahi that the same way God rejoiced when he built the heavens and earth and way back in the beginning of the Torah, rejoiced when they uh Dedicate the temple. So that's not that doesn't sound bad. That doesn't sound painful. That actually sounds wonderful. So this is no died as we know on the day the temple was dedicated. They died in that day, and therefore it was tragic. Okay, it was written and it was on the four hundred and eightieth year. 
This is talking about when Shlomo goes ahead to start building the temple. It says when Yaakov saw Rachel, he fell in love with her. It says it was evening was morning one day. Surely it's happiness. God's building the world. It was the second day of creation. All the days of creation, it prefaces it with Vayihi. Omer Rav Ashi. Well, actually, it ends with Vayihi. So what we see here is Vayihi could be good, it could be bad. Omer Rav Ashi. So he says, no, sometimes it is good and sometimes it's bad. And by he be made, when it says by he and was in the days, then it's talking about a painful narrative. And the five times in Tanakh, we say by he be made, and those are he And all these times by he be made, and that means the day it was painful. Okay, once we talked about Rishul of Levi, let's discuss some more of Levi. Levi. I have some sort of tradition, some sort of sora I heard from my fathers. Amut The Amot and Amitsah were brothers. Who are Amut and Amitsah? So Amot is Yeshayahu's father. He says Yeshayahu and Amot. And Amitsah was one of the kings of the Jewish people, which means that Yeshayahu was his nephew. Okay. Michael Mashwell, where, where do you know this from? What, like, what's the point? Why are you telling us this? So Shmuel Barnachmi, the name of Yosef says, Pokal sheets knew a base of any bride who's modest in her father's house, is uh to have kings and prophets descend from her descend from her. How do you know this? We know one. Be Tamar from Tamar to Ksiv, by Yara Yehuda Bayeshav is on a kisa panel. And Yehuda sees Tamar sitting at the crossroad, crossroads, he thinks she's a prostitute because she had covered her face. Because she covers her face, she thinks that she's uh, a zona. I should be the opposite. It should be the opposite. Ella, because Tamar generally covered her face in her father-in-law's house out of sneas, out of modesty, he didn't know what she looked like. And so when he saw her on the crossroads when she was uncovered, her face wasn't covered, so that he, therefore he didn't recognize her. Point being that Zacha, she married that kings and prophets had sent from her. David was one of her descendants. Nevi'im, number of Levi, the Saras Bidenu, we have a say, no, I have a following tradition. Amut Mitzahim, the Amut and Amitzah were brothers. Uksiv Chazi Yishayo ben Amot, as we said, Yishayo is the uh, son of Amot, and Amot and Achim were brothers. We see she had both Nevi'im and Malachim, kings and uh, and, uh, and prophets, descend from her. Next, number of Levi, another tradition from our Levi. Dovers of Mitzah Bidenu, we have a say, no, the following tradition. Mokab Ar in Minamida. The place where the ark was in the temple did not take up any space. The meaning of it was a lamaila was above it was above space. What does that mean? Listen to the following. Moshe, the Aaron that Moshe constructed was ten amos on each side. Okay. And it says in front of the partition were twenty, were 20 amos long. That is to say as follows. That the entire uh the width of the holiest of holies was 20 amos, and the Aaron itself is 10 amos. So, so far it can all fit, assuming you have five amos on each side. It's written the wing of one of the kruvim was 10 amos, and the wing of the other crew was 10 amos. Now, if the holiest of holies is 20 amos, and there are 10 amos in space on each side of the, of the Aaron, um, yeah, I mean, sorry, I misread that, but what I should say here? Sorry, there was meaning to say there's ten amos now on either side of the Aron. So you have the Aron is ten amos, on either side of it is ten amos, yet the whole Kodesh Gadashim was only twenty amos. So 
what space the Ark occupied. There was a miracle that the Ark somehow stood miraculously, didn't take up any room. Okay. Before Rav Yodnasan began to uh, began to give his, his, his drasha, he had the following things he wanted to say. He opened this way. It says, So the, um, again, the uh, the pasuk tells us in um, excuse me in Yeshayahu, for I will rise up against them and cut off from Bab- and cut off from Babylonia's name relative awesome to posterity says Hashem means a shame name that because of this first the script that the, the Babylonians may come to de- destroy us then but ultimately the uh, their script will be abolished and and it, it, you, they'll lose their uh, they'll lose their script. Shah relatives that Lashon, the person language, the Babylonian language is gone. Then the offspring, Zemalchus, refers to the kingdom. Nechad, posterity, Zevashti, refers to Vashti. Meaning to say that they may have destroyed us then, but ultimately, as history shows us, their entire culture, their language, their their um, the script, their kingdom is gone. As well as, lastly, their Vashti was a descendant of Luchanetzer. Rav Shmuel bar Nachmini, Pasal Lapis, Lahayi, Perish, Lahachlet. Rav Shmuel Nachmini would introduce his drasha, his Shir and Esther, with the following. Well, this we know from um, from uh, the Haftorah on Fafte. Instead of a thorn, a cypress shall rise. Instead of a nettle, uh, a myrtle shall rise. What is this referring to? Tachas and the Tuots. This refers to Tachas Haman Harashas Atma Abedazara. This refers to um to Haman who made himself into an object of Abedazara, some whose worship and Avod and thorns symbolize Abedazara. How do we know that? The Ksiv. Upon all the thorns and upon all the branches, and somehow unclear how that refers to Avodazar, the thorns are Avodazar. Because it made the Gemara's assuming thorns are Avodazar, kind of unclear how, even though he quotes a Basak, no one seems to really know. Okay. Yalab Rosh, a cypress shall rise, then Mordechai Shnikar Rosh, the call of the summon. A, because Mordechai is considered the finest of all spices. Shnemar, Atakaf, the summon Rosh, Marjurar. You shall take. Uh, for you, the finest spices, pure myrrh, which are mar dechei, and mar and mar myrrh in Aramaic is mar dechei. So we see that he's considered myrrh. Tachas hasafid instead of a nettle. Tachas vashti hersha bas no shaluchanetzer hersha. Instead of the wicked vashti, who's a granddaughter of luchanetzer, she served with fidos beishem who burnt the resting place of God. Exiv rufisa zahav his resting place was gold. Yalahadas a myrtle shall rise. Zaster Tadekis Nikras Hadas. This refers to Esther the Tadekis, who's called Hadassah. How do we know that? Omon And it says that he, referring to Esther, brought up Hadassah. And should be for Hashem a name. This refers to Megillah. Los Olam Lo For an everlasting sign that it shall never be cut off. Elam Perm refers to the days of Perm, that the Megillah and the Perm shall never go away. They will always be here. Excellent. Moving on. We should have been laid live. Yeshua ben Levi introduced the following, uh, his drasher his, his shir with the following. It's come to pass that Hashem has rejoiced over you, to do you good, so he'll, he'll rejoice to harm you. What does that mean, he'll rejoice to harm you? Doesn't it say, God, um, does Hashem really rejoice in the downfall of the wicked? He says, as they go out before the army, and they say, give thanks to Hashem for his kindness and forever. It doesn't say kitov. This is hodol Hashem. Um, it leaves out the kitov. Why is it the kitov? 
So it says, "If she ain't a kaddish baruch hu, they smear from passing shalva shine." Because God does not rejoice at downfall of the wicked. So again, we quoted one verse in Devarim, which we quoted, we quoted it wrong. Gore has it wrong, which is pointed out. Um, which seems to say God rejoices uh, when the um, rejoices to harm you, which seems to imply rejoicing when people or evil people are harmed. We quote a second one that shows God does not rejoice when the wicked fall. Furthermore, of no one can come near to all night. When the Egyptians were drowning, all the angels said, "Let's sing song." My handiwork are drowning in the scene. You want to recite song of praise? We can't do that. They're my children too. My handiwork too, even if they're evil. So I'm Rabbi Lazar. Who ain't God does not rejoice down for the wicked, but He causes others to rejoice. The daikonami, that's what it means. Except Kiyosis, he will make rejoice. Lok Yasus, he rejoices. Shmami, no, this proves his idea. We're going to return to this later on in a few pages. Again, which will show that, and it's an obvious question. If God's so concerned about his handiwork drowning, he doesn't want to say Shira. Why do Jewish people say Shira? And it's going to be, there's a difference between people who are harmed versus God or others. Lastly, he'd open the following, he'd trust the following. For a man who pleases him, he will give wisdom, knowledge, and joy. Sam Mordechai said this verse to Mordechai as a fine. And to sinner has given an urge to gather in a mass, meaning that then you're never satisfied with that. Zeham, this refers to Haman. It says, that the sinner may pass it on to those who please God. As in, the sinner will amass a lot, but ultimately they won't enjoy it. They'll end up going to someone good. Zeham, Mordechai, Esther, Esther, Mordechai, Alabes, Haman. Esther gives Mordechai. All of Haman's estate, thus all the wealth Haman amassed was passed on to Mordechai. Okay, lastly, Rabbi Bar Ofrin Pasul Epistolai Parshuachli. He opened the following: the following when he introduced the um his shir. The Samti Kisi the Elam Vahadati Misham Melech Vesarim, and I'll set my throne in Elam and will destroy from there king and princesses. This pasuk is in Yirmiyahu Melech Zuvash. This first of Vashi. The Sarim and princes, Zahamud Basar's bottom, refers to Haman and his ten sons. I wish you all a wonderful day.